Hello, everyone. I'm Dominique. And I'm Christina. And we are the Connected in Glass podcast. Every week, we will feature interviews with glass artists who speak to their creative processes and overcoming challenges. These conversations are real and raw. We hope that by sharing these stories, you're able to find some connection and know that you're not alone. We just wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening to our podcast. We're super passionate about this project and work for hours every week to bring you this content. So if you'd like to help support us, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash connected in glass. Also, please consider joining our Facebook group, Connected in Glass Community, where we continue the conversations from these episodes. We'd love to hear from you. This episode of Connected in Glass is sponsored by Diddy Clips. Diddy Clips has changed the way we film our glassblowing videos, and we're proud to be working with them. This episode of Connected in Glass is featuring one of our listeners who reached out to us. If you or someone you know is interested in being part of our podcast, send us a message on our social media. We want to thank all of you for listening to our podcast and remind you that we have a goal to release new episodes every Friday, but maybe taking a few weeks off intermittently throughout the summer. Today, we're interviewing Amanda Parr. She is a glass artist based in Ohio who has been working with glass since 2020. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. So we're so excited to get to know you. First, you want to just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, what you do for fun, and get us into your story of glass. Yeah. So I currently live in Ohio in the Youngstown area. I moved from Pittsburgh recently. I had been living in Pittsburgh for the past 10 years going, I went to college there and then just never kind of left, got a job there. And I recently moved back to Ohio to be closer to my family. For fun, I enjoy music. Music is a big thing before COVID. I really enjoyed going to concerts a lot. That was a huge thing that I enjoyed doing. My hang out with my dog a lot. I enjoy traveling when I can and work. I work a lot. I am a full-time paralegal. I did disability, like social security disability law for 10 years. And then I recently got into doing personal injury law. When I moved back to Ohio, I got a job at a different law firm and they're willing to retrain me. So that's what I currently do full-time for money. My family, my dad has been, I guess that kind of segues into how I got into glass. My dad has been a part-time glass artist for um, about over 15 years. I'm not sure exactly. I've been surrounded by glass artists for a long time before I actually got on the torch myself. I come from a rather large family and several members of my family are glass artists. I'm kind of the baby glass artist of the family. My dad's pretty much been the one who's been teaching me. I haven't really been on uh, doing glass work for a long, long time, only about a little over a year, a lot of people say. Once I finally got on the torch myself, I really haven't been able to pull myself off of it in my spare time. 
And so it's something I really enjoy and um, not able to do it full time, but I really enjoy it when I'm able to do it. So my family, I guess, has a background in the festival Grateful Dead scene. My grandfather, who recently passed away, he met Lucky, who is a well-known glass artist, and that's how my family was introduced to him. Um, Lucky had kind of fallen on hard times and was staying with my grandpa. My grandpa let him stay with him to kind of save money and get back on his feet. And, you know, they had a deep connection and they started doing festivals together. My parents started getting involved with doing vending at festivals. Like Lucky would set up doing live glass blowing demos. And then my dad and my parents and my grandparents would kind of sell his glass work. And then he taught my dad how to blow glass and started teaching other members of my family how to blow glass. And, you know, they've been doing that ever since. My parents and as well as a few other people that we know have a actual like glass shop in Warren, Ohio. It's called Higher Minds. Um, so Lucky, unfortunately, passed away in uh, February. And his daughter, Anika, moved. She was living in Colorado. She moved from Colorado back to Ohio to kind of carry on his work. And uh, I live together with her. She's back in Colorado right now, but she's planning on coming back once the festival season kind of kicks back up again. And they, Unlucky was known for doing like the steely independence and she's been you know doing that and carrying on his steely pendants as well so I guess my personal story I learned from my dad I've also learned for other members of my family I've learned a lot from Mike Wallen who is known as Groovy Strings he unfortunately as well recently passed away he was a huge mentor in my own glass journey. He taught me, I blow glass in my basement. <laughs> so I have a home setup and he let me use his whole setup while he was out doing vending stuff. So I used his torch while I was kind of saving up for my own equipment. And he taught me how to make sure to be able to blow glass safely in my home without <laughs> hurting myself because it's dangerous to do it anywhere, especially in your homes. So learning so much from your dad, what of his style has kind of influenced your own style? So I guess it's kind of a trickle down effect because my dad learned a lot from Lucky. A lot of my dad's style is reflective of Lucky's style. So hence, I guess my style tends to be a trickle down. I never really learn formally from Lucky in any capacity, but my dad is known for doing a lot of mushroom work. I do mushrooms. I don't do as well as my dad. My dad can get up to like 15 mushrooms in a single pendant. The most I've been able to do at this point is two. <laughs> so, but the style of our rake is very signature of Lucky. Lucky did a his rake in a very specific way. My dad uh, kind of adopted that same style of rake. 
I live with Anika, who is Lucky's daughter, and she has that same style of rake, and she's taught me a lot about glass as well. And so I've kind of incorporated that myself because of the people who have taught me how to blow glass. Have you kind of struggled with finding your own voice in glass because of that? Or have you been able to kind of take those skills and develop upon them? When I first started, I, I struggled with that, but also I was, I was still learning, you know, I was at the mercy of the people who were teaching me. There's this rule in my family that when you first, like, so when I first started making pendants, I had to make a hundred mushroom implosions before I was allowed to learn anything else. So I wasn't allowed to learn certain things until I had, you know, perfected certain techniques. Now that I've been able to do more with glass, I've kind of developed my own things, but it's more as a matter of learning. It's more of a learning process. So when I was learning, I really wanted to start learning how to work with Dicro. That was something that I was really eager to start learning. And my dad isn't really good with Dicro and Nico is really good with Dicro. And she was able to step in and teach me before I was technically allowed by my dad's wishes to start working with Dicro. (laughs) So I started making turtle pendants and my dad taught me a little bit more with that. But then I also started incorporating my dicro work into the turtles as well. And then I took my turtles and recently started making these wildflower pendants. And it's just kind of like a graduation of my turtles almost. So I feel like what I'm making is a reflection of how I'm learning because I'm still very new to glasswork. So I, you know, my abilities at this point, I guess, dictates <laughs> what I make. Okay. So you spent your whole life surrounded by glass and all these glass artists and watching so much and learning so much, even before you actually started getting your hands on it how frustrating was it when you finally started doing it? Like, did you find that you were ready to just like put your nose to the grind and do it? Or was there a time where you're just like, okay, this is not for me, especially learning from family members and like housemates and people that are so close to you. Like it can be so hard to learn from like your dad. I can imagine. Right. (laughs) Yeah. My, my dad definitely has, his, his patience can be thin with me, especially when I was first starting out. He's like, well, I don't understand why you can't just do it. And I'm like, well, I don't want to do it this way. And then, but I also feel it's an advantage that I have so many people in my family that I can go to. Cause if my dad isn't willing to teach me something or doesn't, maybe he might not necessarily know how to do something I'm able to go to different glass artists that I know or, you know, members of my family and go to them for advice on things that maybe I'm interested in making. I was more excited. So I think my excitement of finally actually learning stuff and and doing it and being excited about creating things with glass kind of trumped 
my frustration with, because I, I knew going into it that I wasn't going to be able to just jump on and be able to start making these incredible things because I've been able to witness other members of my family who have in their progression with glass and where they started versus where they are now. So I kind of knew going into it that I wasn't going to be able to be some, you know, rock star from the jump. But I, I do think that having a lot of people in my family that are able to give me incredible advice about it is has given me more of an advantage than anything else, because I have those resources and those people that I can talk to if I run into issues or if I want to make something, they're able to kind of walk me through it or show me. Can we talk about your day job for a minute? So (laughs) how drastically different is it with like the work that you do for an income and then the the work that you're doing outside of it with glass and the time you're spending with your family? Do do you have trouble switching (laughs) gears? Like, do you have culture shock going back and forth from that? Oh, absolutely. I make a joke sometimes it's so corny, but sometimes I feel like Hannah Montana, like I'm in, I'm in these two different worlds. Like I I have to be this professional lady from, you know, through the week, Monday through Friday, nine to five. Like I'm a, I, and I am a professional lady. I've been a paralegal for a very long time. I'm very good at what I do, you know, but I have to switch gears on the weekends, (laughs) but they, my my job likes my sense of humor and appreciates that thankfully I've run into issues in the past okay so how do you switch gears do you have a trick like do you ever find like oh my gosh I just worked all week long I cannot be creative right now or do you just wake up and you're like oh my god this is my time to shine it's the weekend I'm gonna be a glass blower yeah, pretty much. I get excited to blow glass. I I got into glass blowing one because I wanted to spend more time with my family, and also because my job is very, very, very stressful at times. Especially when I was doing social security disability law, a lot of my clients had a lot of severe mental conditions that I would have to deal with on a daily basis. I mean, I, I literally just fought with the government for a living. And so blowing glass was my kind of outlet, my way to get away from that. So, and even still, I don't deal with as stressful, I feel of an area of law, as far as like my mental health is concerned and how, you know, what I do for money is affecting my mental health, but still I'm, I'm excited to get on the torch when I'm not like when I'm able to on the weekends and and on the evenings, I still feel like it's, it's, you know, it, it's a stress relief for me. It's helps me get a pieces of my soul back kind of that I feel like I lose with my legal job. So yeah, I do. I, I get excited when I'm able to, you know, when I get a day off, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to spend all day just in that basement, like a troll, just, you know, trying to do as much as I can with it. And because you're still like in that learning process, and I guess everybody who works with glasses always in that learning process, 
but does that impact how you feel about putting your work out there? Oh, absolutely. And my, my dad is really hard on me as well. I feel like coming from a family of glass blowers, I get criticized a lot as opposed to, you know, somebody who may not have a lot of people who are on the torch around them. So there, there is a lot of times I, I keep a lot of the beads that I either, I don't feel are good enough to sell or, you know, my parents don't feel are good enough to sell. And I just give them to kids. A lot of times that was something that Lucky was really big on doing was that, you know, gifting a lot of his work to kids that he didn't feel was, you know, up to, up to par with, with being sold. I mean, there's still good pieces. They may have like little bubbles in it or, you know, just for whatever reason, don't want to sell it. Don't feel like it's your best work. You know, I have a pile of them that I just hand out to little kids when we're out at festivals or whatnot. And can we talk about your experience as a woman? Do you think that your experiences, maybe even through like your regular work and then through learning from your family and like getting your work out there, do you feel that as a woman, your experience is different than it would be as a man? Oh, for sure. I get a lot of people, especially because before I even got into glass work myself, I put a lot of the family's glass, like my dad's work and other members of my family's work online. So I still get a lot of people there. There's a lot of videos of me on like doing making pieces and I'll still get like, oh, dude, man, they just assume that. I'm a male or they assume that I am my dad or <laughs> I've had a lot of a lot I've had it a few times happen to where I've had full conversations with people wanting to buy wholesale cases and then they'll come my parents have a booth at you know a music like it's a music venue in Ohio called Nelson's Ledges my parents have you know, a booth out there and people I'll be like, Oh, you know, just meet me at the booth and we can come talk about, you know, whether or not you want some work from me or my parents, or, you know, we can talk about that and they'll come in there and they'll just make a beeline for my dad. My dad has no clue what they're talking about at all. <laughs> He's like, Oh, you must've been talking to my daughter. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> so I, I get that a lot. <laughs> When you have new ideas and like new inspirations, do you just take it right to the torch or do you kind of like sit on it or are you one of those draw it out people? Like, how do you work out the process of coming up with new things that you might not have tried before or seen something else? I, I don't, honestly, I try and fail <laughs> a lot. That's usually my tactics with it. If I want to make something, I'll start out, like if somebody's willing to show me how to do it, I'll always want to, you know, try to see if they're willing to give me advice on how to make it, or if they're willing to let me watch them how to make it or give me tips on how to make it. It's like standing behind me while I'm on the torch. But if not, I'll just try and fail and then try and fail. <laughs> and that happens a lot. And then sometimes I'll pull it off and that's always exciting. Sometimes I won't. And then I will build my skills and come back to it and find that later 
once I'm able to do more things, I'm able to finally pull it off. But I've never been, I've never been artistic in a drawing sense. I can't really draw much at all. So I don't draw my sketches, my ideas out. I kind of visually just think about what I would like to do and then see if I'm capable of pulling it off. I was wondering what your personal definition of success is and if you're maybe working towards becoming a gospeler full-time or if you always kind of want to balance the two. I would absolutely love to pursue glass full-time. I don't feel that I'm at that level yet. I mean, I'm definitely not at that level financially. I mean, I have an Etsy page where I do sell my stuff and I sell a lot of my family's glass online as well. My dad has been a on and off. He'll go back and forth with glass. Sometimes he'll be a full-time glass blower. Sometimes he'll be a part-time glass blower especially when he finds dips in, you know, where people aren't necessarily buying glass. He'll go back to, he does landscaping type work and he'll go back and do that, you know, whenever he's not getting the income from glass. So he's always cautioned me about that. I would love to pursue glass full time, but he's always said, you know, until you're able to pay your bills from glass, like you can from your legal job, he's like, you're not <laughs> like, don't even think about it. Like you would be an idiot to do that. Like as much as you would love to, and as much as I would love to, I don't feel that I'm financially at that point to, to jump off that cliff as much as I would really, really love to. I like having benefits. I like having medical benefits as well. So that's not something that glass is going to afford me, especially at this point in time, as much as I would absolutely love for that. It's just not a reality right now. Totally get that. (laughs) Health insurance is nice. (laughs) Was there anything that you wanted to talk about that maybe we didn't ask or any closing notes that you wanted to say? Your show is really inspiring and I really appreciate you guys having me on. I, I love listening to it. I've listened to a lot of the episodes and that's what inspired me to send you guys the email. So I really appreciate what you guys are doing here because, you know, it gives us a lot of insight into how other glass artists are out there making it and, you know, what the potential is for, you know, for glass. Yeah. We hope that it makes everybody feel a little less isolated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely does. Well, we appreciate you too. And we appreciate you spending your time with us today. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah. Have a great one, guys. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Connected in Glass. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for more information on the artists we interview and for updates on the podcast.